When the twilight is gone. Don't take the ring, Laura. There's a sort of evil out there. Something very, very strange in these old woods. Call it what you want. Uh, a darkness, a presence. It takes many forms, but it's been out there for as long as anyone can remember. And we've always been here to fight it. Welcome to Repeatable, the podcast where we talk about shows or movies or any kind of property from the past and we see, is it worth going back to? Is it as good as it seemed or do we have those rose-colored glasses on? We're supposed to be talking about the unstoppable juggernaut on X-Men the Animated Series as we've been going episode by episode. But unfortunately, uh, Seth has uh, some sickness in his household right now and he's busy. And I didn't want to go and talk about this episode all by myself because there's a lot in this episode that I am just really eager to hear Seth talk about. So what I'm going to do now is... We're going to switch to something a little bit different. Something that me and Seth talked about uh, that we could each individually do or possibly do together if there's uh, something that we agree on. But it's called Repeatable Recommends. It's where we talk about something that one of us or both of us just love and why we would recommend it to you to listen to or to read or to watch. This week, since I'm the one kicking it off, I'm talking about Twin Peaks. That's a show that is near and dear to my heart. I discovered it a little bit later in life. It was something that was on my radar for a long period of time. Something that kept popping up as something that I should be interested in based off of other things I was interested in. Uh, when it finally came on Netflix here in Canada a couple years back for a very limited period of time, I watched it. And man, did, did I fall head over heels for this show. So, for me, I'm going to tell you why Twin Peaks is repeatable. Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. Five miles south of the Canadian border, 12 miles west of the state line. I've never seen so many trees in my life. Originally airing back in the beginning of the 90s, the show, which lasted only two seasons originally, centered around the murder of the high school girl in a small community. Laura Palmer was the homecoming queen, seemingly the perfect girl from the perfect small town, helping tutor students, volunteering in the community with the Meals on Wheels program, and seemingly the perfect daughter from a perfect home, but everyone in every town has its secrets. After Laura's body is discovered at the beginning of the first episode, she was thrown into a river wrapped in plastic. A woman that went missing at the same time from Laura's high school is found walking on train tracks and crossing state lines. The murder of Laura and then fellow student Ronette walking across state lines leads to the Federal Bureau of Investigation to be called in and Agent Dale Cooper is assigned to try and find out what happened in this beautiful community uh, surrounded by just beautiful Douglas firs. At first glance, by just a broad definition of the show, it seems like it could be a typical police show that you would see now on TV. 
which again would make it ahead of its time for when it aired, but it's just so much more than that. On top of a murder mystery center, there are layers that branch out from Laura as you meet people that she's touched. It's like a stone that you drop into water and the ripples go out. You get to see all the ripples that go out and all the people that she has touched with Laura always being at the center. At times, it plays out like a soap opera. There's forbidden love, backdoor business deals, corruption, a seething underbelly underneath this beautiful small town. Then sometimes it leans into bizarre and humorous. There's a woman who carries around a log that she says is her husband, a slapstick deputy named Andy, who's not the brightest, but his heart is always in the right place, and some quirky dialogue and humor that's just peppered throughout, but bubbling beneath all of these threads is this looming threat of the supernatural. It's really a horror film that's in disguise that breaks through the surface when you least expect it, and when it happens, it does startle you. Without giving anything away but giving a little nod to the people who know the show you have things like the one-armed man the man from another place killer bob the giant the red room the black lodge the white lodge and of course in twin peaks you should remember the owls are not what they seem the beauty of this show is how it walks these lines these multiple tracks and knows how to make them converge when they need to a woman who walks around with a log is called the log lady And though when you first meet her, it's a chuckle, it turns out she's a crucial figure in the show with some amazing dialogue. There's a military man that you meet who seems uptight, but you find out that he has a deep spiritual side. They like to take things that you would expect and upend it. It makes for compelling television. At this point, I should note that one of the reasons why this works so well is because the creators are so great. Mark Frost and David Lynch. Would you like some pie? Massive, massive quantities and a glass of water, sweetheart. My socks are on fire. Frost is known for his in-depth writing and attention to detail, while Lynch is the dreamer of the pair, letting ideas form and live on the screen when it happens. Season 1 especially sees their guiding hand along the short season, a pilot in eight episodes, and it ends with multiple cliffhangers that make you just want to watch Season 2 right away. Season 2 has the best... And unfortunately, the worst of Twin Peaks, for me, two of the best episodes on television, period, occurred in Season 2. But even at its worst, Twin Peaks is just a typical show. Nothing special, but a good television show to watch. And there are a few episodes here that are just that. Just good as the plot hiccups in the 22-episode run for Season 2. The Season 2 finale, which for over 25 years was considered to be the series finale, is one of the finest pieces of television on Earth, much like any episode that David Lynch directed. It jumps off the screen and into your mind. An episode midway through this season as well, which makes a big revelation that I won't spoil for you, has one of the most hard-to-watch, brutal moments I've ever seen on TV to date, and is followed by a scene that perfectly captures grief and failure in a way that I, I couldn't watch the show for a period of time. It actually hit my soul in a way that I needed time to recover from watching that episode. Through the darkness of future past, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire. Walk with me. 
Outside of these original two seasons, the story does thankfully continue. A year after the series ended, David Lynch put out a movie, minus Mark Frost, called Fire Walk With Me, which acts as a prequel. If you are going to go back and watch these, based off my recommendations, please make sure you watch the series first, as the movie is based off the pretense that you know all the twists of the show. It's also darker. The quirks and charms are at a minimum, and it's highly focused on the life of Laura Palmer and what led to her death. It is happening again. It is happening again. Over 25 years later, the show would be revived with most of the major cast coming back on board along with creators Frost and Lynch. The difference here is that Lynch had free range to direct 18 episodes with flexibility on time and what went on the screen. If anything, it shows how crucial Fire Walk With Me is to the lore of this series. And this series has lots of lore. And that might be hard for some people to take as the movie is so dark compared to the original Twin Peaks that some fans did try to distance the two. Twin Peaks The Return, which aired on Showcase, is cold yet beautiful does not want to give you answers but wants you to live in the world of twin peaks 25 years after the show you love ended it almost punishes you for wanting to go back to the good old days by showing you that the good old days are gone yet much like twin peaks reinvented the wheel back in the 90s the return manages to do the same decades later they did not copy the original twin peaks it evolved and because of that the last season is again a one-of-a-kind experience I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. For those literary buffs who enjoy reading, there are also two books written by co-creator Mark Frost. One looks at the history of the town, dating back to the days of Lewis and Clark, and manages to throw in appearances from people you never expect, like a nice story of a friendship between a former president, a military man, and a former TV star. The second book is set after the return, and focuses heavily on what happened and what season three was all about. Twin Peaks holds a special place in my heart. It's my favorite TV show of all time, and that's why I think it's repeatable.